What is up, Settlement Nation? If you are just joining us for the first time, my name is Chris Bua, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Courtney Barber. You are in for a real treat today, as we are joined by someone that I've known for a long time and can say that not only is he a great litigator, but he also cares as much for his clients as any attorney that I've ever known. His name is Joe Camerlingo, and Joe specializes in personal injury and wrongful death claims caused by tractor-trailer and commercial motor vehicle crashes. Joe practices out of Jacksonville, Florida, and is board certified in civil trial law by the Florida Bar and the National Board of Trial Advocates in Truck Accident Law. In 2017, Joe joined forces with leading trucking trial attorneys Michael Leiserman and Joe Freed to form the Truck Accident Law Firm. Most importantly, Joe is a double gator, getting his undergrad finance degree and law degree from the University of Florida. Welcome to Settlement Nation, Joe. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate that. Warm welcome. Absolutely. So let's let's get started. Why are you a trialer? Let's let's dive into your background and what brought you into to being a trialer. Uh, I probably have a non-traditional route to being a trial lawyer, Chris. I went to law school to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I have a finance degree uh, and wanted to own and run a Fortune 500 company one day. Um, took trial practice and just fell in love with with being a trial lawyer with being in front of juries and, and um, trying to help clients and, and kind of do the right thing as I've always been a crusader. And so uh, being a trial lawyer, especially in a tractor trailer crash, allows me to just be on that crusade for my client at all times. Joe, on that very topic, let's talk about the moment that you decided to pivot your practice solely representing plaintiffs in trucking accidents and how that has impacted your career now. I know you can't see it on the podcast, but there she is right there. Still have her picture in front of me. Tony Ann Johnson, 19 years old, killed by a tractor double trailer going down a little county road in Florida in 2008. Um, I had handled a couple of motor, commercial motor vehicle crashes on the defense and plaintiff side, but nothing of that level. Um, and uh, Tony's family, Lori Merritt, her mom, her dad, Scott Johnson, came to me and said, will you help us? Um we dove into the case. We were able to show that I knew right away, even though I wasn't a real truck lawyer at that time, that that double trailer tractor should not have been on that little county road in Florida. And so through that case, we were able to um, not only get the family a very substantial confidential settlement financially, but we were able to get this large national multi-thousand truck company to agree that they would never drive double trailers on our county roads in Florida ever again as part of the settlement. And so being able to improve the safety and to, to know that we, we will never meet the clients whose lives we saved because there's no double trailers on little county roads in Florida anymore was so moving to me. In addition to being able to give the family a, there's no fair recovery for the loss of your daughter, but to give them a, a large substantial recovery, the safety is what really made a difference. The improvement to our roadways. That's really important. I want to switch a little bit. You mentioned business before, and I've heard from Chris and other people that you're a very astute businessman. When you're running your firm, can you talk a little bit about the attributes that you look for in trial attorneys when you're looking to hire someone? Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny. For what we do in tractor trailer crash cases, uh, you really, to use a baseball analogy, you need a five-tool player. You need somebody, uh, or to use a computer analogy, you have to have a really big hard drive, right? You got to have a, a, the ability to store tons of data to know the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations by heart, backwards and forwards, 
the CDL manual, the training standards, the industry standards, Smith system. You have to have all of this at, at the ready. And then you have to have a really fast processing speed uh, to be able to use that. When, when you ask a question in deposition of a safety director or a truck driver, or corporate representative of a major trucking company who really just gives depositions in cases like this all the time and tries to protect the company and they go down a different path, you want to be able to punish them for diverting from the path that you wanted them to take. And so we look for lawyers that are fast on their feet, really smart, good writing skills, but good oral skills. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't need a lawyer that can produce cases. We, un, un, these, these tractor trailer crashes happen all over. We go all over the nation and handle them and we bring in a lot of work. I, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm the kind of the founder of the feast here, but, um, but we need a lawyer that can do the work that can do it and move cases. And most importantly, lawyers that care. And I want a lawyer that wants to go see the truck inspection, wants to sit in the cab of the truck, wants to touch the vehicle, the, the crumpled wreck that our client was in, wants to smell that so that they just want to turn around and kill for that family who lost their loved one. And so you need someone that's passionate and that cares. And of course, the biggest thing, man, you it's, it's not for the faint of heart. We laugh with our clients. We cry with our clients. But you've got to be a worker. You've know, you got to be someone that um, gets up in the morning and loves what you do. And uh, you know, we have pictures all around. You know, Tony Ann Johnson, I showed you that. This is the Gilly family. We go to trial for that whole family. And, that dog, and their family dog was killed in a wreck. You just got to feel that pain. And you got to feel like, how can I help this family in any way possible? And just for our listeners' uh, benefit, Joe is the real deal when it comes to trucking and only trucking. Because a couple months ago, I tried to refer him a MedMal case in Central Florida, and he declined to take it because it wasn't a trucking case. I think I said, so where's the truck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Joe, you are a board member of the Academy of Truck Accident Attorneys. So I've got a few questions about that. One, why was that organization founded? Yeah, so my partners, uh, Joe Freed and Michael Lieserman, formed the Academy of Truck Accident Attorneys for two reasons. One, to establish a board, a national board certification for trucking. Um, I was the, 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 the second president of the organization. So uh, on our watch, we were able to get through um, the actual board certification on, on, through the National Board of Trial Advocates. We partnered with them so that there is a national vetting standard that consumers, people injured in trucks, can go to the National Board of Trial Advocates website and find board certified, fully vetted lawyers, both in experience. It's not something you can pay money and be, get board certified that a lot of these things are. This is true, vetted, tested board certifications. The other aspect was to educate lawyers all over the country on how to handle these cases, right? We don't want all the trucking cases, but we want every family injured or killed or whose loved one is killed in a truck wreck to be able to have a lawyer that knows what they're doing to hold everybody accountable and get that family full justice. What are some of the benefits um, that an attorney gets by being a member? And then I'll pair that also with my, my last question on it, which is I know you guys have a really big annual conference. What, what sets that conference apart uh, for trial lawyers that might be looking to fill up their calendar for events next year? Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of CLE options, right? But this is the, the Academy of Truck Action Attorneys Annual Symposium is one of the benefits. So you can't come unless you're a member. And we bring just about every great trucking lawyer in the country in every year. And they and they and you hear soup to nuts like A to Z. Uh, if you're new to trucking cases or commercial motor vehicle cases, how to handle that. 
if you're experienced. I mean, I go every year as a speaker with multiple topics, a moderator, and every year <clears throat> I come back with things that I share with my team to improve how we handle truck cases. And so we all learn from each other. There's a tremendous listserv uh, with a document database, web, all of our webinars, all of the seminars, everything's available online. Our, our uh, executive director, Lori Tepper, is fantastic. Um, so both the, the, to have basically a small army, almost like backdraft, you go, we go, right? Anything you need, you can email that listserv or certainly any of the board members, me, call, cell phone, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock and say, hey, I'm, I'm cross-examining a safety director tomorrow. I need X, Y, and Z. And although our initial thought may be, why did you not ask me two weeks ago? The next thought is, how can I help? We dive in, we help. That's fantastic. Joe, I have a question for you. Um, I live half my time in Big Sky, Montana. There is one stretch of road that most of the year has black ice. It is poor visibility. It is one lane each way. I'm scared to death of trucks, and I've heard it's one of the worst roads in the U.S. for accidents mainly caused by trucks. From all the work that you've done, what do you think is something that could prevent truck accidents that you've seen in the future? Or is there a way to prevent these types of accidents? Well, that's a, that's a big question to unpack, Courtney. But let me <laughs> for, but there, there's one specific section of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations that apply where there are, it's called a special hazards, that where there are conditions that affect visibility and traction. So a snowstorm, black ice, all of those things, like black ice doesn't happen out of nowhere. The, the, the weather report the day before will warn trucking companies and truck drivers that there's going to be black ice in that area and they have to take the long way around. It's very simple. And if they're caught in those conditions, 39214 says that they have to drive with extreme caution. It's not reasonableness anymore. And that means reduce speed by at least a third in ice conditions, reduce to a crawl and get off the road as fast as possible. So there are the training on that specific section would make a huge difference across the country in bad weather, sandstorms, water, you know, uh, uh, big rainstorms down by us, ice, black ice up by you. That's exactly right. But in addition to this, so that's a training and that's a, a um, route planning. But the other aspect of that is just implementing the safety measures that are out there. The trucking companies that are doing it are seeing such a tremendous increase in their own profitability and productivity because they're not having crashes, right? So forward collision avoidance mitigation systems with automatic emergency braking come standard on most new trucks. There are still companies turning that off saying, please don't give me that. Lane deviation control. For you in that scenario, Driver-facing and forward-facing dash cams, if the, if the driver knew that there was something reporting back to the company that says they're doing 60 miles an hour in a 60-mile-an-hour speed zone in a, in a snowstorm, they would get in trouble with the company, right? If, or if they had their cell phone out in that, right? right. The driver-facing dash cams make such a difference because drivers do not do it. So there are all these safety measures out there right now, side under-ride protection, um, rear override protection, uh, all these things that could make a difference if they just are utilized by the companies. Switching gears a little bit, Joe, um, you've had fantastic results in your career that I've, I've known personally. And I think one of the things that separates you is not only do you get these great results, but when that result comes in, whether that's a settlement or verdict, your caring doesn't stop there. It actually goes even further beyond. And uh, you want to make sure that that recovery that 
that you were able to get actually lasts as long as it, as it possibly can. Can you talk about why that is, why it's so important to you, and maybe some of the things that or uh, services that you use to make sure that those those uh, those recoveries do last? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, with a finance degree, I, I don't have a, a financial planner or, or CFP license, so I can't give financial advice. But I know the mistakes people make. Um, in addition to being in, uh, a lawyer way back in the day, I was an NFL agent. So all those guys go through money faster than my, my um, you know, clients that get million-dollar recoveries in my, in my injury practice back in the day. Um, and we have this saying in our, in our firm, and we believe it. When we, when we meet with the clients, we tell them, we're not just for a case. We want to be your lawyers for life. right? We want, we want to have such a relationship that you're letting me know when your daughter gets married, when your kids graduate college and high school, that we're just that kind of long-distance friend that you keep in touch and you hope to never need us. Um, but part of that is, you know, we're doing catastrophic cases, tractor, trailer wrecks. Somebody lost it, you know, you know, Chris, a 10-year-old boy. And, it, and it, right, what do you do with that family um, who's never had more than a few thousand dollars in their bank account and they're now getting 20 plus million dollars out of a settlement? Like, what do you do for or or worse, a million or two million because it's a limited recovery? How do you make that last? Or a case again, Chris, cases you've helped with where uh, it's a, the primary breadwinner for, from the family and there's a wife and three teenage kids. Um, and how do you make that money last them so that you're not just handing them a check and walking away, but you're making sure that their kids, and if you can help it, their kids' kids are taken care of. You, you have to put measures in place. And the best way to do it with people who are financially not sophisticated enough to management on their own, which is everybody, by the way, just about, uh, is using annuities and things like independent life um, and, and uh, that, that and the annuity companies that care that not only will give you the absolute best rates by a mile, but will fight 10 years down the road when the teenager, then the boy is now a teenager and wants his or her money early um, and they want to sell it for 10 cents on the dollar. Someone that's going to go to bat and make sure that they don't get taken advantage of. That's we like to, you know, we care about our clients and we like to get them surrounded with people who care as well. I'm glad you said that because we feel exactly the same way. Uh, now onto a different question. I'm now looking into Joe's crystal ball of the future. Yeah. What do you see uh, or if you can sort of look into the landscape of personal injury coming up in the next five years, what do you think might be the biggest shift or change that we're in store for? You know, um, you're, we're starting to see it a little bit, and that is all of the safety measures that are putting into vehicles are reducing the standard car crashes out there. And so these advertising attorneys are advertising even more. And now they're advertising for truck wrecks and med mal and everything else because the number of car crashes is going down. So the technology is going to improve as it is implemented. And when the connected vehicle technology gets into place, it'll be absolutely life-changing for all of us. That's probably 10 or 15 years down the road where a car gets in the road and sends out a message and the, the roadway itself sends the message back and tells other cars to slow down without human input. That will be the day. Um, I will be happy to not have a job anymore and have to come work for you all. Maybe get my CFP, but, um, but uh, the, the, I, I do think the safety technology is going to reduce the amount of minor crashes. The issues are 
when it fails, it's going to be catastrophic. So there's going to be a lot of significant, more significant crashes. You know, we've seen it already with the, you know, the, the self-driving technology that didn't see the person drive in a car or the fire truck come across the road. And so, I mean, the, the technology when it fails will fail horribly, but there will be a lot less of those failures, we hope. Joe, before we get to our last question, I wanted to follow up on something that you said earlier. You mentioned that you started out or at one point was a sports agent. I think that's an interesting thing to maybe talk about for a minute. What uh, what brought you into that? And maybe do you have any uh, interesting story that you could share on an anonymous basis with our? <laughs> so um, there's a lot of a lot of eye opening um, facts that I could share with you about being a sports agent. One is how dirty the business is. I mean, you, you know, I was an NFL agent. I got into it because I'm a huge sports fan. You know, Gator stuff all around. When Tank Black took advantage of all our Gators and took those multi-million dollars from everybody, Fred Taylor, Javon Kurse, Ike Hilliard, Redale Anthony, all those guys, and some of the FSU people that he represented, um, uh, allegedly, I wasn't there, I don't know. But uh, I thought there was an, a, a room in that business for an honest agent, and I just was wrong. Um, you know, they're, all, they're all getting paid while they're in school. They're all getting improper benefits. And if you don't pay them when they're in school, they're going to go to somebody generally that has paid them the whole time, even though that's a felony, whatever. <laughs> so um, we had a, you know, we had a great run and we represented a lot of good people. Uh, I think the, the biggest eye opener for me is the, the talent level, like the speed level that they talk about from college to pro is so much more than us fat, slow white guys could ever imagine, Chris. Maybe Courtney knows. She looks like she's thin and fast, but um, <laughs> but the 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 speed differential, uh, and you know, just everybody's keeping up with the Joneses. They would blow through their money, and 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 yeah, it's the the guys that were on the you know they got a good signing bonus, and then on league minimums because they're a second, third, fourth round draft pick, are trying to keep up with the first round draft picks of the world that are on their second or third contract and have endorsement deals and. There's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a dirty business. So uh, I'm happy to be out of it. It was the most fun and least profitable thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mainly because we wouldn't pay. We refused to commit a felony. We refused to pay anybody while they were in college. And uh, because of that, we didn't get a lot of the, you know, it always came down to us and somebody else. And they would go with the person that's been paying them. Yeah. Well, on that note, let, let's go to our, our last question, which we ask every guest, which is, what is something that you know now that you wish you knew 15 years ago as an attorney? Hmm. So um, this one's a tough one for me. It hits close because it's what I knew 15 years ago that I didn't do anything about. And that is all the success in the world, all the money in the world won't buy you one more second of time with your family, man. What we do every day, uh, we'll get on that road every day. You never know when you're going home. And you're when they're not coming home. So just spend more time with your family, find a way to, to balance work life and, uh, and, and family life. And it's something that I'm horrible at and I try every day and I wish I could go back and spend some more time with my family, but not take away from the families that we've done so much representing and yeah. uh, getting to know. So I would say it's the same thing I've known. It's just, you, you can't, you can't all the money in the world won't buy one more second of time with your, with your loved ones. That's great advice. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, Joe. Uh, if anyone uh, in our audience wants to co-counsel a case with you, 
what's the best way for them to reach out? We're happy to do it. As I, as I said, we're all over the country, uh, even though we're based right here in Jacksonville. Best way to get me is uh, you can go to our website, www.truckcrashlaw.com. Uh, we send an email to JVC. That's my initials, Joseph Vincent Camerlingo, JVC at truckcrashlaw.com, 188-511-TRUCK. Uh, or, um, you know, check us out online. Perfect. Well, uh, on Twitter at Joe Knows Trucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can personally say if you have a case that involves a commercial vehicle, a tractor trailer, uh, you would be hard pressed to find a better uh, co-counsel opportunity than Jeff. So make sure you're with him and uh, he'll teach you how to do those cases. So when you get your next one, you can do it maybe even yourself. So thanks again, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Courtney. God bless you all. Be safe. You too.